When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now it is time for Swinging Both Ways, thanks to PGG Wrightson Turf, key suppliers to New Zealand Cricket Crowns, and Grant, day three action from Hagley Oval between the Black Hips and Sri Lanka is going to get underway very, very shortly. What we, what have your thoughts been on the opening two days of the test? Yeah, I think, you know, I've got to share the sentiments of a lot of people out there, and um, a lot of people said, oh, really surprised we didn't bat first. And I think that that, well, come on. I mean, that that everyone knows that you bowl first in New Zealand. It's always been done. Um, I think the only ones that bucked the trend maybe were South Africa when they beat New Zealand recently. And Dean Elgar, when he um, decided to bat first, uh, I remember Mark Richardson coming into the commentary box and going, what? Like, that is the worst decision ever since Nasser Hussein. However, they won the test. Um it is a little bit deceptive in, in Christchurch. I mean, very green, very bouncy, very quick. Um, and you have to bat well in the first innings. And, yeah, Sri, Sri Lanka, you know, they um, they, they have batted uh, well and they've batted deep 355. I think the concerning thing is, is not New Zealand being, you know, five down. 162 for five now going into day three. Um, but it's the fact that the pitch... You know, just speaking to a few people in Christchurch there, is there might be a little bit of scouring and a little bit of like scalloping out and indentations. So what happens is when it's green and maybe a little bit of moisture on top, is the bowlers might, you know, when they bowl and hit that length, it sort of creates that scalloping effect in the pitch. And then when you start pressing the pitch and the pitch gets a little bit harder, then what happens is you might get seam movement. So that might be what will happen later on in the test. So New Zealand have to bat themselves out of a little bit of a hole this morning. Um, there was obviously they lost three for nine um, in the the middle stages there. So they were one uh, or sixty seven for none, and then all of a sudden they were seventy six for three. So losing those three wickets, you always say you don't want to lose wickets in pockets, and that's exactly what New Zealand have done. I think where New Zealand have struggled in the past with Test cricket is the top three, and that's been the Latham, Conway, Williamson arguably our best batters, but we haven't been able to string those partnerships together um, and those big scores. Tom Latham batted well. He batted deep, but unfortunately got out at a, a crucial time for the team. And Sri Lanka bowling well. You know, they, they're hitting a good length. They're used to bowling quite full. Um, they're getting the ball to, to speak, and it's it's sort of seeming around. So, yeah, I mean, Matt Henry and Tim Southey doing the damage. Five for Southey and four for Matt Henry just the one wicket for Michael Bracewell. But this first hour of the day, where generally the ball will go around a little bit more, it is 63 overs old, so I don't have to worry about um, you know facing a new ball. But it will be about trying to weather this first hour of, um, of play because Southie's in next. So you would say you know, with Mitchell and Bracewell at the crease, you've got two you know proper batters at the crease. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Southie. You've got 70-odd against England 
but we do know it's Tim Southey. It's sort of hits or miss with the, with the way he bats, and then followed by Henry Wagner and Tickner. So, um, yeah, uh, between a rock and a hard place. And it wasn't so long ago when, you know, Sri Lanka used to come to the shores of New Zealand where you'd go, well, they've got no chance. We're just going to produce a green pitch. We're going to bowl pace. We're going to get it around their head, and um, they're going to struggle. Um, even when the likes of Jayawadna and Sangakara were here, who world class, um, you know, Sri Lanka would always struggle against New Zealand. And this is a team where I look at someone like Angelo Matthews, and I was quite surprised, you know, he's he's still there. I remember last time he came here, I thought that that would be the last time we'd see him in New Zealand. He's 35 years of age, almost uh, hitting 36. Um, so he's got that experience, and experience does count. It, it really does, a test match cricket. So, uh, you know, him batting at four, they managed to, to bat pretty well. No one getting a significant score for Sri Lanka, um, but 355 in the first innings pretty significant in the the grand scheme of things. Yeah, totally. And I think the fact that Sri Lanka is still within a chance of reaching the World Test Championship final, I think that caught a lot of people off guard as well. And very interesting comments there you made about the pitch and how it is going to be playing out. So my question to you is, did Tim Southey make the right call in opting to bowl first? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said, Dean Elgar chose to bat and we all walked into the commentary box and went, what is he doing? Like, he's lost his mind, and they won that test. So, you know, it's um, it's one where hindsight is a great thing. And you would never, in New Zealand, you look at the pitch, it's, it's seam-friendly conditions. So you never look at it and go, oh, we'll have a bat on that. That looks beautiful, nice and green, and, <laughs> you know, ready to seam around. But if you do get past that first session and you get past it well, then there will be runs on offer because what the, the live grass does is it creates pace and it creates bounce and the ability to then use the pace of the ball. So it's good for batting conditions but also good for bowling conditions. But you have to get the ball in the right area. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think he's done the, the or made the right decision. I think the um, one of the things that I, I really struggled with was I looked at it and I thought, you know, we've always um, – gone in with you know four seamers and uh, we have this test but against England it wasn't that wasn't so it was sort of three seamers and, and Michael Bracewell so it looks like we've got a decent balance in the team now Southey, Henry, Tickner, Wagner Wagner's taken a bit of tap but um, yeah the bowling attack was there Bracewell as you can expect only bowling three overs as a spinner but um, a bulk of those overs being bowled by the seamers Perhaps maybe they, they should have got it a little bit fuller. There wasn't as much swing on offer that they thought there would be. But Sri Lanka have done well to bat um, as they did. So now we're going to have to dig in and someone's going to have to get a big score. And hopefully it's Daryl Mitchell who's on 40. He's going to have to go on and probably push close to 100. Interesting comments there, Grant. And I want to touch on the spinners if we get time uh, very soon. And earlier as well, you touched on the batters and you said that the Conway, Williamson, Nichols kind of struggled. Of course, the one that's got the big spotlight on them is Henry Nichols. Everyone feels like he's had his nine lives, as you would say. He keeps surviving despite his struggles. Does Henry Nichols play another test for New Zealand after this, considering well, he got one, was it? Two? Yeah, well, okay. I want, what I did was um, I had a look at, I compared players. So I compared someone like Mike Hussey. Obviously, world-class player. I look at Henry Nichols' scores. Now, when I count them, he hasn't got over 
30 and 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 innings. Um, his last 100 was in February 22. Uh, he scored 100 against uh, South Africa. And that was uh, preceded by two ducks and a 75. So he was given, he's been given sort of nine opportunities to get over uh, 30 and, or sorry, 13, and he hasn't produced it. Now, I remember Mike Hussey going through a, a bad trot at one stage. And when I look at his innings, he went through a, a trot in 2008 where he scored 19, 35, 0, 70, 0, 8, 0, 2. 30, 45, 4, 0. And he got 50, 19. And then suddenly he started, you know, hitting his straps, 121, 66, 41, 29, 82. So the question is, and I know this is the question in the media, which is how long do you give a player before you have to change them out? And, I mean, that's essentially what you're, you're asking me. Now you've got a player like Will Young, um, who could come in, who's you know succeeded at test level. But Henry Nichols has had some success as well. And when you look at Henry Nichols' stats, he still averages 36. He scored 800s for New Zealand and 1250s. I think he deserves the right, or he's earned the right, to be given an extended run. Um, and how long that extended run is, well, that's a policy that you know the selectors, and I know Gavin Larson, obviously, question mark over, over him and, um, what he'll be doing, but um, you know that's that comes down to Gary Stead and uh, and Tim Southey, and one of the things, and I know that we'll probably touch on it is team culture and how you create that team culture and that environment, and one of the things that's really been beneficial to the Black Caps is players don't feel that every innings they have is going to be their last, so they feel like they're going to be given an extended run. And by giving that extended run, it allows them to probably take away fear of failure and actually go out there and express themselves. There's enough pressure on the job as it is, but to have pressure on this job being a batter where you're not in control of a lot of things and having the stress of thinking that you're going to get the axe from the, the selectors doesn't create an environment that's conducive to players expressing themselves. It does bring in that fear of failure. So, you know, he'll know that people are backing him but he'll also be feeling the pinch as well. And as you get experienced as a player, you know that you go through ebbs and flows in your career. Everyone does. I mean, I brought up Mike Hussey there, who would be, you know, arguably one of the greats in the, the era when they were dominant. And he was, you know, given um, the right to get through that trough of runs. Where Henry Nichols is probably struggling is that our top order is not probably performing as well as they should. So he's in a lot earlier, especially batting at four. Um, and he has been more middle order. So, you know, he, he's a good player. And um, hopefully he finds that form. He'll have the second innings more than likely in this test match to, to prove himself and just get back into form. And as a batter, just takes one shot. It's amazing. You can feel at some stages you're like, where is my next run coming from? I don't know where my next run is going to come from. Suddenly you hit one out of the screws, through the covers, and you go, I'm back. I'm moving well. And your confidence is back. It's incredible how it works. It's incredible, all right. And you touched on the team culture there, and there have been lots of questions around the high performance of the Black Caps and where are our where are our young players. 
where, where does the team go from here looking forward like what what do you think the takeaways will be in terms of the culture and maybe even team selection post this series against Sri Lanka yeah I mean I think that you you look at the um, the England test and I think our batting is I say solid and uh, reason why I say it's solid is it's just because we've got quality players in there and it's quite hard to break into it I mean you mentioned um, you know Henry Nichols but he would be you know probably the only player that you're looking at and then we've got an immediate replacement I guess in in a Will Young but you know what what we have to look at is we have to look at the bowling I guess and the bowling stocks um, you know we had a, a New Zealand A team go over to India um, the likes of Jacob Duffy were there Ben Lister um, you know who made his debut the other day Logan Van Beek Dutch international um, and then you've got spinners in, in Michael Rippon and Rachin Ravindra, so we've got these young players, but there's no one that you can say, oh, that they'll definitely just come in. And I think a few people were surprised when Kugelein and um, Tickner were selected. So, you know, the fact that we went from having Trent Bolt and uh, Kyle Jamieson, Southie, Henry waiting in the wings, who's just sitting on the bench all the time, who's a qual- quality bowler, um, and you've got Wagner, the quickest New Zealander to 200 wickets, all of a sudden, you know, we look at our bowling stocks and we're like, wow, with uh, Jamison and Trent Bolt sitting on the bench, you sort of wonder where these young bowlers are. And I know Ben Sears is injured at the moment, but he's probably, he'll be finding his way in international cricket. He's not, you know, won't come in and ready to go. Lockie Ferguson and Adam Milne, um, they obviously possess a lot of pace, but now with T20 cricket and IPL cricket, I think a lot of those those players that have a lot of pace will probably be putting their bodies on ice and waiting for IPL. Much rather bowl four overs and earn ten times as much than bowl thirty overs <laughs> in Test match cricket and put your body through its paces and and uh, lessen the years of your your uh, your career. Interesting comments here, Grant, and just a couple more here when talking cricket. Thanks to PGG Rights and Turf. With regards to the spinners, the one thing I found interesting, well, Michael Bracewell, for example, bowled three overs in Sri Lanka's first innings, I think it was, just the three overs. And we continually hear that you know New Zealand doesn't have those spinner conditions and they're not really suited to a spinner. But then I go back to the England series and I see how much Jack Leach bowled and how, and I guess that England's spin did have a bit of success here. So why can't New Zealand do the exact same thing? Oh, well, I guess, you know, Leach... Um, that was probably more so because of the follow-on as well. So the bowlers were quite tired um, after following on. I think they bowled close to sort of 17 to 20 overs in the first innings. So Leach was always going to have to bowl a lot of overs, but he did get the wickets. When bowlers talk about bowling at the basin reserve, they talk about the wind and the bounce. So using actually that, that wind and that breeze because it, you know, with Jack Leach, it'll just drift in quite nicely. He bowled that amazing ball to Will Young. It was an absolute peach of a delivery. Um, and I think the interesting thing about the spinners, Ben, and, you know, bringing this up, is we had someone, and I sat next to him at the Halbergs, Ajaz Patel. He was up for, you know, performance of the, uh, of the year. And he got 10 wickets in an innings and then came to New Zealand and wasn't even in the squad. So, you know, we do produce pitches that are, are seam-friendly, but my issue with it is is that 
we've got these spinners who can, are obviously great players, but they won't play in New Zealand. And then suddenly we'll go to the subcontinent and then we'll give them the ball and we'll say, come on, win us the test match. They go, well, I haven't played in a year. You know, I, I don't have my rhythm. Whereas a lot of teams like Australia, England, will play the Nathan Lyons and the Jack Leeches who get their overs in. They feel comfortable at test level so that when they do get the conditions that they need, um, they can, you know, go out there and they probably don't have that expectation and that fear of almost failure because they've been bowling in test matches, you know, for the calendar year. So we need to find a, a place for a spinner in our team. And I guess Michael Bracewell, you know, he's done extremely well. Um, he's our, I guess, our default sort of spinner in the team. Not an out-and-out spin bowler. He's more of, more of an all-rounder. But I guess we have found that sort of spinner, and it was the same as Satna. Satna did occupy that position, but never really took wickets. He was more of a holding bowler. Michael Bracewell's actually shown that you know he can take uh, take wickets, and I guess with him, it's uh, just more confidence with the bat. And last one here for swinging both ways, Grant Gavin Larson, of course, leaving. He's going over to England for a new test in his career. Can we expect other changes at the top of New Zealand cricket now with Gavin Larson going? Of course, we've seen the changes on the field, but is this going to be the start of changes off the field? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually wasn't sure if he was definitely leaving. So that that is, um, okay, I didn't read up on that. But um, yeah, I heard the whispers that he was going to select her. And I think a lot of people have spoken about this team and everyone was over the age of 30 when you looked at uh, us playing against England. So, you know, change of guard, with Saudi taking over as captain, uh, new selector. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. What I find um, really fascinating is England. When I look at England, and I'm not saying that they're setting the benchmark. I think that, you know, they've had to be disruptive and test cricket has had to take a little bit of a change. And the reason why it needs a little bit of a change is they're not getting the broadcast numbers that they, they had hoped. Um, so f from the broadcasters, they need to monetize test cricket. And what England have done is they, they've gone out trying to play an exciting brand. So the fascinating thing about their setup is you've got Brendan McCullum coach, who I think Baz might have just hit 40. Um, and then you've got Rob Key, who's 43 years of age. And then you've got Luke Wright, who I don't even think is 40 yet, um, as a, a selector, just being picked as a selector. So you've got almost three people who are in charge of England cricket that are under the age of 40. Now, they've all been in the era where they've played T20 cricket. Now, I'm not saying that that's a prerequisite because I think that, you know, um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, test cricket, I always thought that it wouldn't change much, but England have proved that wrong. They've gone out there and they've expressed themselves. But I think that that's more about the environment that Brendan's created. And I think if you can create that environment, but also have players that have the, the skills to do that. And when I look in New Zealand uh, cricket, if we want to be credible in world cricket, I think we have to do well in the white ball game. Um, and hopefully that can you know, translate into test cricket. But you know, if we can win a World Cup, um, a T20 or a, a one-day World Cup, I think that that gives you a lot of credibility. And actually train the players and the skill level of the players to adapt between one-day T20 and, and test match cricket. I think that our game will um, actually improve. 
Um, the bowling stocks is is the, the worry, but you're right, Ben. It's it's a change of guard, and all teams go through this. So you throw your eyes towards those players that are in their late twenties or early twenties, and uh, you go, well, you know, how's our pathway developing, and how's our high performance actually working for New Zealand cricket at this stage? Um, so yeah, not tough times for New Zealand cricket, but a player like Trent Bolt. I mean, you can't, you can't just replace a Trent Bolt, um, and you can't just replace a Carl Jamison. They, they're world class players that um, have these physical attributes and these uh, amazing skills that you don't look to replicate. Then you find someone that does something different and can bowl in partnership with the other bowlers that we have, and we need to find those partnerships that work for us. So, uh, uh, interesting times for New Zealand cricket, especially at that leadership uh, level. That there is a swinging both ways thanks to PGG Rights and Turf, premium supplier to turf seed and maintenance products for cricket grounds across New Zealand.